My name is Andrew Shigori, and I'm here to break generational stereotypes, educate, and entertain anyone who cares to listen. Let's throw this skunk on the table and get down to business. Welcome to the Big Iron Podcast. All right, I'm back recording another solo episode of the Big Iron Podcast. If you've been following along, Notice that I haven't been very consistent in posting uh, episodes the last month or so, which I apologize for, but uh, it's calving season here on the ranch, and when you're the only worker on a large ranch with 100 head of cattle, that's a pretty busy time of year. (laughs) So I have been very busy, um, and I'm working on getting some episodes out now to uh, keep pushing for this little dream of mine of recording this podcast as I really enjoyed doing it I'm gonna do my best to keep it going um, and I'm gonna make it happen so I figured I'd record something today um, talking about calving season it's just been a crazy time of year um, you know March April is usually when we calve here in North Carolina or when I set us up for calving which means I'm putting the bull in usually around the first or middle of May and that sets us up with their nine and a half-ish month gestational period to be having calves right when the weather starts warming up and the grass starts greening up, which is ideal. Um, so far this year, we've had 14 calves, I think, is the right number. Maybe 15 now. Um, it's all kind of a blur at this point. Uh, but we've had a pretty good run of heifers, which is... a uh, which is a good thing. I'm really excited about that because last year, uh, 2022, we had almost all bull calves and, um, bull calves are just not as valuable as heifer calves on a, uh, from a, uh, a selling breeding stock viewpoint of things. Um, the bull calves that don't make herd sires, you know, get steered, and they go directly into our beef program, um, or I sell a batch of them or lease a batch of them out as roping steers for rodeos, um, and team roping schools and stuff like that. But I'm going to talk about that a little bit, I guess. Um, so the way that I pick a bull first and foremost is pedigree, because the most important thing to me that a bull can do is have a good have good daughters but we don't know what kind of daughters he's going to have when he's first born right and I can't grow out every single bull so I look at the females in his pedigree pedigree is one of the most important things when you're talking about longhorn cattle because it shows you what they should produce so I look at the females in a bull's pedigree so that's the first thing when a when a cow has a bull calf, I know immediately if I even want to give him a chance as a herd sire. That's just the truth because I know based on his pedigree, if there's not even a chance, if I don't like the females in his family good enough, then as soon as I can get my hands on him, I steer him. Um, and steering means castrating. Uh, so... Most of the bull calves get castrated within the first month. 
of being alive. Um, and I cut instead of band, just personal preference to make sure that I got both of them. That way I'm a hundred percent sure that he's a steer and he cannot go into the beef pasture and get anything pregnant. Uh, we did several last week. Got some interesting stories about that. Um, but I had, <laughs> had some of my buddies with me helping out, um, to kind of learn a little bit about it and, uh, just give me a hand. Um, so we're going to record a, a podcast episode about that, uh, at a later time and release it because that was a pretty eventful day. We had some hiccups and we had some, some pretty interesting and hilarious things happen. Um, so we'll talk about that at a later time. So stay tuned. But, uh, I'll just say that nothing ever goes as planned when you're working on a ranch. So if you set aside a block of time and expect to get something done, you know, sometimes you might, but more often than not, something unexpected is going to happen and you're going to have to change up your whole plan. So (laughs) be prepared for anything, plan as much as you can so that you're prepared when things go wrong. Um, but anyway, when I'm picking out bull calves, I, with our herd, we have round about 30 brood cows, <clears throat> which means 30 ish calves a year. Um, I say ish and I say roundabout because we buy and sell cows sometimes, you know, so sometimes the brood cows are sold and we have a little less. Sometimes we've bought some and we have a little more. I try to keep it right around 30 though, because that's what the land, uh, will handle. So that's kind of what we have to go off of how much grass we have. Um, right now we do feed a little bit extra hay cause we're a little bit overstocked, but we're trying to work that down to where we have the 30 best brood cows that we can and a smooth running operation. So I pick the best two or three bull calves out of the calf crop based on pedigree and give them a chance at becoming herd sires. So those three don't get castrated. They go stay with their mom until weaning, which I try to re- wean around six months. If the cows in, you know, keep in really good condition, maybe a little bit longer. The best, you know, the most amount of time with their mom, um, uh, the better in that situation. But um, when I wean them, those guys will go into the bullpen and they'll be grown out to, you know, a year or so. I, I mean, so if I don't castrate them as soon as I see them at weaning, if they have developed something that I don't like, I might steer them then. Say they've developed something phenotypically that I think is undesirable. In my mind, a bull needs to be as perfect as possible because he's going to be 50% of your breeding program. If you have a cow that has a little something you don't like, you say, oh, well, I can possibly uh, straighten that out with a really good uh, cow family on my bull. Um, and try not to do that too much, but you know, one cow out of 30, that's one calf that might have an issue. If your bull has an issue... That's every calf that comes has a chance of having that undesirable trait that's being passed on. Um, So bulls need to be as close to flawless as possible. Um, So 
if some they've developed something like that at weaning and I don't like it, then I'll I'll steer them then. Um, and then if they make it through weaning, they go out into the bull pasture until they're, you know, 18 months or whatever, a year. I'll watch them the whole time. And if at any point there's something that they've developed that I think is a trait that I do not want to associate with the ranch that I am promoting, then I will steer that bull because reputation is something you can't get back. And I don't want to be passing anything through the ranch that's going to give us a bad name and is not going to contribute to the uh, success and longevity of Longhorns as a breed. So call hard. Um, don't let, don't let subpar bulls pass through (laughs) is, is what I'm, is the goal that I'm shooting for. Um, and then if they do make it to 18 months or whatever it might be, um, and they have been able to stay bulls, that means that I like them pretty good. So, um, at that point I'll probably either keep one to put on the heifer pasture. Um, well, that's what I, I mean. That's what I have done in the past is I keep the, my favorite one for whatever reason, he's my favorite. And I put him on the up and coming heifer pasture so that the heifers that are about the same age as him, um, that are breeding for the first time are with a bull that is not a big mature bull that's going to injure them for their first breeding. So I'll put him in with the heifer pasture and let him do his thing and then any other bulls that I'm not using I'll sell at that time um and that's how I handle it to try and get the best stock possible coming through or out of Hidden Springs Ranch or whichever ranch has asked me to help them with their breeding program um that's how I so far have handled uh the bull programs on the ranch. Um, and that's, I'm still learning a lot of things. So I'm always critiquing myself and my process. So there will probably be things that I change up a little bit about that as we go along. It just comes with learning. That's just part of life. But it's been working out pretty good so far. We've sold some pretty nice little uh, bull prospects to some folks to help them with uh, progressing their program. And I've been able to use a couple nice ones on our heifers as well. So, And then, you know, obviously they grow up to maturity and you have a nice bull in your hands. At that point, uh, you got to decide whether or not you want to keep him again or sell him to someone or sell a partnership in him or keep him and get him collected and try and make a profit off of semen sales or, you know, it all just depends on, oh man, a lot of factors, but bulls are a, are a fun part of the, of the process. In my opinion, I just like watching those little guys come into their own and, uh, mature and develop and become herd sires and produce a calf crop. And it's cool to look, you can look at that little calf crop and be like, that's, yep, that's about what I was expecting or that's nothing what I was expecting. And, you know, <laughs> that's breeding longhorns. <clears throat> um, but like I said, I'm still learning. 
about everything. So might as well give a little bit of background on, on why it is that I came to be managing a Longhorn Ranch, but I'm still a somewhat young man and am running a large Longhorn program and still learning a lot as I go. Um, basically, the owner of Hidden Springs Ranch, Carol, uh, approached me about helping her feed cattle a couple of times a week. I was working a construction job, had a little bit of you know, experience when I was younger and around livestock and helping other people on small farms and stuff like that. Um, and I'm a jack of all trades, you might say. So I, uh, worked construction for about eight to 10 years. Um, got my EMT certification, uh, when I was working for a building plant, uh, managing a, uh, building plant, building sheds. And at night I would go to school, uh, to classes in order to get my EMT certification, which I did. So, um, and I also went to school when I was in high school, dual enrollment for auto mechanics. So I had a lot of, you know, building experience, mechanical experience, medical experience, and some farm experience. So, uh, I was hired on um, after I helped her feed cows a few days a week for a while. Um, I was currently, at that time, I was working for a job that took me out of town a lot. So I'd be gone for weeks at a time away from my wife. And we decided we wanted to have a family. And I decided if I was going to be a family man, then I wasn't going to want to be out of town for six or eight weeks at a stretch and be away from my kids uh, and my wife and also kind of stopped volunteering at the fire department at that point as well, because if I had a full-time day job, then I didn't want to be gone at night at the fire department, um, for the same reason. So, uh, Carol hired me on full-time at the ranch and one thing led to another. I started, uh, taking on more responsibilities, got hired as the ranch manager, got obsessed with longhorn pedigrees and, Longhorns in general, and uh, just kind of kept snowballing from there. And that was this is my fourth year now, and we're trucking right along, and I still love it, and even more than I did when I started. So we're gonna keep on going um, as long as I can. <laughs> so um, that's a little bit of background on my situation into ranching, um, and I've been learning everything along the way. So, you know, that's part of why I wanted to start this podcast was my experience. And I've said this a couple of times, I'm sure, but my experience with, uh, learning all these things as I'm, as I'm coming up and being new in this industry. Um, I know there's a lot of other people out there. I've learned, you know, a lot from people's comments and conversations with people on social media and in person as well, that there's a lot of people who are interested in this type of living say this type of living instead of this type of work, because it's not just a job. I mean, it really is a lifestyle. Like if you're going to do this, you have to be committed to it because it takes more than just a nine to five to make ranching, farming, whatever successful. So you got to be committed to it and you really got to love it. Um, and I say, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Well, I mean, it's work. (laughs) 
it'll wear you out and you'll sleep good at night, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Because being able to do something like this and, and be out, you know, under the sky every day and under the stars at night and look out over the green pastures and see a bunch of cows grazing out there. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that to me. So, um, I'm going to keep on doing it, but, um, where was I going with this? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, um, hopefully we'll be able to put out some content that will help people along the way. Um, talk, you know, about breeding cattle and talking to experts about, uh, their fields and in and around agriculture. Um, and I'll keep saying that that's going to happen and it is, it's just, you know, the timing <laughs> of getting all this going at once is, uh, started this up at a really busy time of year, you know, but I wanted to get in and jump in with both feet and just do it so that I wouldn't procrastinate it any longer. And that's what I did. And it just so happened to be right before, uh, calving season started. So, uh, now I'm wide open on the ranch and making content on social media for the ranch and making content for myself on big iron social media. That's big iron media co on Instagram. And as soon as I can sit down for a second, I'm going to start up that YouTube page. We got some pretty cool footage the other day that I'm going to put up on that YouTube and on our big iron media co, uh, social media that you'll be able to check out. Um, got some, some cool footage of us working cattle. So it might be beneficial for folks who are, uh, wanting to see how that works to go check it out. So check that out. Um, I actually have to run back to the ranch right now. Uh, so I'm going to have to cut this episode a little bit short, but thank you all for listening and we'll catch you next time. Hidden Springs Ranch Beef is 100% registered Texas Longhorn Beef. Try out our new Snack Sticks, lean Longhorn Beef with no nitrates added. Available in hot, mild, sweet, and sweet heat. The hot is my personal favorite. We're happy to say that these Snack Sticks are shelf stable and we can ship them directly to you. Or if you're in North Carolina, check out our freezer beef options for local pickup halves holes bundle boxes and bulk ground go check it out at hslonghorns.com under the beef tab and use code big iron for a little discount on me hslonghorns.com and hit that beef tab <laughs>